0: The Lone Rangers? That's original. How can you pluralize the Lone Ranger? What's wrong with that? Well, there's three of you. You're not exactly Lone. Shouldn't you be the Three Rangers? No idea what you're saying right now. Welcome
1: to Something Crunchy. The Valley's number one comedy entertainment podcast. Biscuit is homies with Blake, Blake is the older brother of Blair, and Blair is married to Biscuit. Here are your hosts, Cullen Blake with Blair and Tyler Dressel. All right! Welcome to Something Crunchy, I'm Cullen Blake with me as always, Blair and Tyler Dressel. Thank you for joining us by way of 97.3 The Rattler, or wherever you get your podcast. We have such a crunchy guest joining us tonight. He's an actor, writer, director, and producer who you know from shows like Criminal Minds, The Simpsons, and Barry. Movies like The Godfather 3, Airheads, and Searching for Bobby Fischer. Please welcome Joe Mantegna. Hi, you guys.
2: Hey!
1: (laughs) Thank you for joining us, Joe. We are so excited to have you on. How have you been?
0: you know i've been i've been pretty good there were no complaints i mean you know i mean uh, my day job's a little bit on hold due to the, the uh, labor situation going on right now but Hopefully that will get resolved and I'll be able to help save the world in my pretend way. (laughs) Been doing for the last 17 years or so. We love that. And at least it frees you up for other
1: opportunities like coming back to visit the Valley on Friday, the 13th through the 15th, where you're going to be doing some personal appearances at Total Wine. We're going to be talking about Senor Rio Tequila here soon. First, football is back on. Baseball is heating up. Your Cubs are in
0: second place in their division. Will they make a late season run? Well, you know what? I've been a Cub fan for so long that I I I I learned years ago not to hesitate to even make any predictions at all about the Cubs. In fact, I don't even pay attention till the end of September because I've I've had my heart broken too many times in the past. But thank God for you know the 2016 season. But I you know I just just this past year I, I spent time, you know, at their first time at the spring training, you know at uh in mesa and it, that was just so wonderful i had such a wonderful time there and to be able to be part of that that whole uh the cub organization there and that's and that just that city being a being a displaced chicago in myself i felt like i was i was as close to being in chicago while being out in you know the, you know in arizona Seriously? as one could possibly be there were so <laughs> many like expatriate chicagoans living in that area because of the cubs So anyway, no no predictions yet, but I'm I'm hoping for the best. That's all I can tell you.
1: See, that's great. And as Cowboy fans, we have not learned that lesson. Still, every single (laughs) year, this is our year. And you know what? I haven't said it this season yet. I'm just going to go ahead and throw it out there. I do think this is our year. I'm feeling very uh, good it is I just need okay. to put it out there, just so it's been said. Okay. anyway, okay. so so you're an EP and co-host, if you will, of a podcast as well, of Hollywood and Ivy, where you interview celebrity Cub fans. And there is such a large supply of celebrity. Cub yeah,
0: fans. we've it's run the gamut. You know, we've had a bunch of wonderful guests already. You know, Gary Sinise, Gary Cole, Bonnie Hunt, uh, Jim Belushi. Uh, we, Billy Corrigan from the Smashing Pumpkins, and I've got people lined up like like Vince Vaughn and and Bill Hader and uh, Eddie Vedder and Bob Newhart, wow. all these different people that, you know, want to do it, and we'll, we'll get to them as well. So, it, yeah, that's been a lot of fun because it, it, it brings out the child in all of them. You know, it's funny, those of us in this business... You know, we, we do these kinds of interviews all the time, as you know. You we do you talk about your your occupation, your business, but boy, when you start tapping into you know their their childhood sports heroes, all of a sudden everybody turns into a kid again, and it's like, oh yeah, they can't wait to talk about it and tell these wonderful stories that relates to that. So it's been a lot of fun. It's do.
1: true, you're exactly right. You can see it on their faces. Have you been to any games this year?
0: yeah I, I you know I try to throw out the first pitch at least once a season and I was there <laughs> right after uh, Memorial Day weekend you know I've been for 22 years now I've been hosting the National Memorial Day concert in Washington DC and what I try to do is right after the concert usually right on Memorial Day I fly to Chicago to visit family and then also uh, the cubs usually have me throw out that first pitch of you know of that, uh, one of those days right after Memorial Day. So I was there for that again this year. And you know, certainly enjoy doing that, and um, cool. and, and so you know, like we'll see. Hopefully, that brought up some good, good luck going into the playoffs. Yeah, yes. Ed Wrigley, you like the
1: sweets or the seats?
0: Well, I've done it, but bo- you know, I whenever I throw it whenever, and I also sing the seventh inning stretch every time I'm there. You wow, know, it's, it's, that's it's such a big deal, deal. It, that that Harry Carey tradition. Yeah, so I do that, and I always, I always started by saying, from the bleachers to the box seats. Because uh, I, I know them all because I I've started, you know, going to the bleachers when I was a kid and, and a young man and worked my way up to some of the better seats up close, you know what I mean? So, of so I, I've done it all. I mean, I've gone bleachers, grandstand, box seats, uh, it's all good.
1: So legendary uh, announcer for the Cubs, Harry Carey, kept a journal of all 300,000 of his beverages, of his alcoholic beverages over his life. Uh-huh. Do you have a collection of anything of the sorts?
0: Oh my God, no! I mean, you know, <laughs> I, 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 I hope to build quite a, you know, a, 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 a booklet of of senior real, you know, products over the coming years. But, uh, yeah. but, uh, but, no, I mean, and Harry was a unique individual, as we all know, and so, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't think that that may that may be a record that's going to stand for a long time. Yeah, you know? it could. <laughs>
2: Well, you have such a unique and special voice. I mean, it was so fitting that you played a DJ on Airheads, which was perfect. What was your inspiration or have you done any other broadcasting?
0: Well, you know, it's funny. uh, No, I hadn't really done any broadcasting. But when you mentioned my inspiration, uh, you know, there was a there was a DJ out here around the years when we were making that movie. Um, It was called Jed the Fish. (laughs) <laughs> His name was. He's was very popular on the on the big rock and roll station. I think it was uh, K-Rock here in here in L.A. And so uh, they set me up with him for like a couple of days to be kind of, you know, for me to just shadow him because and, and, he he kind of embodied. A lot of what that character that i i, I was able to put together and, and, and as an homage to him for doing that for me i named the character ian the shark because <laughs> oh, yeah. Jed because it jed, was known as jed the fish So right? I, I had them tape a little plastic shark on the microphone the people who watched the movie and the reason they call me ian the shark but just for as an inside joke among them uh it, it was my homage to jed the fish because i learned so much of just hanging out in, in that control room, and and spending you know a, a few shifts with this guy, and seeing what that world is of being a DJ, and he was. He he was he 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 was he was he had the fitting personality for a guy that's going to broadcast rock and roll you know that kind of you know <laughs> hardcore rock and roll over the airwaves So I had a lot of fun as you can imagine doing that movie. Oh, that
1: yeah. is such a fun fact, and we just live for the behind the scenes stuff. And that's such a cult classic. Did you see Airheads becoming the cult classic? It turned into being well. Well, you know, you know,
0: you, you never know what it's going to be like. What's funny is while while I was shooting Airheads, I, just as that ended. I had to fly to Chicago and, and work on a scene from the next movie I was doing, which was Baby's Day Out, yes! which was another kind of a wacky, kind of a more comedy-oriented film. Loved it. So, I mean, so I was literally jumping between b- being, you know, e- e- you know, Eddie in Baby's Day Out and being, uh, you know, Ian the, the Shark on, on uh, uh, Airheads. So, I mean, th- that was that, that particular thing. Uh, Summer into fall was a fun time for me because yes. just doing those movies back to back was
2: so good. Kind of, kind
1: Blair is glowing there. here. She, I
2: really am. She
1: was very excited about the Baby's Day Out factor. I know, she's, I'm not going to mention it
2: unless you, you do, but obviously I wasn't.
0: <laughs> yeah, everybody I talk to of a certain age they'll say, "Oh, I love Baby's Day Out," and I say, "And I know your favorite part was when my pants were on fire, and then I the mean, guy, obviously guy stomps on me to put it out. I mean, is that or when the gorilla grabs me? So I mean, yeah, I got I got punished a lot in that movie.
2: You yeah. did. Hey, you he kind of got through around a little. Great
0: opportunity oh, to show some range,
1: but yeah, in, exactly. In, in Airheads, you had you know Sandler, Buscemi, Frazier. These were not huge blockbusting names in 1994. They each turned into you know, big stars, but at the time, did it just seem like a bunch of buffoonery? Yeah,
0: it was. I mean, I knew Adam <laughs> a bit because I had, I had hosted Saturday Night Live. Uh, uh Or no, I'm thinking about. It. I wonder if I hadn't hosted it yet. I'm trying to think of I... If this was before or after, I can't even recall now. But, but, but anyway, as you're correct in saying that, I mean, it was a conglomeration of, of uh, you know, interesting types and guys that were some <laughs> of them were th- there were obviously careers were really on the upswing, uh, you know, uh, with with Steve and and, and, uh, uh, and we, you know we got Oscar winners, you know, coming up in terms of uh, yeah. Um, uh, you know, with the with, with the, the whale film that came out, you know, just recently, but uh, with, with Brendan, but uh, yeah, it was it was such a good time. It was such every day was a good time on the set. Uh the, the, well all those different characters, as you can imagine, a lot of, <laughs> of ad living going along. You know, especially oh, I can with imagine. Adams. Guys like Adam Sandler on the set. You know, he he was just as much fun off camera as he was on camera. He was pretty much a lot of the instigator of a lot of it. And <laughs> what was interesting to a lot of people, I mean, this is this dates me a little bit, but but this, the script was written by the son of Fabian, the the you know the 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 rock and roll well, if you want to say rock and roll, but but certainly rock and roll uh, singer of the of the of the 60s, you know, who was in the movie you know North to Alaska. Uh, you, you know, had, had a wonderful singing career back then, along with Frankie Avalon and Bobby Rydell and guys of that. So, so the, the script was written by Chris Forte, and and his dad is Fabian Forte, who was a you know a major you know oh, rock and roll singer in his own right. So that was interesting.
2: Oh, that's me. cool.
1: It, I, yeah. I didn't even catch that connection with Sandler and you being on SNL and during that same time and since you bring it up.
0: Yeah, I'm <laughs> to think. I, I hosted it and I hosted the the, the show in I believe it was uh, 91 in what a ninety or 91. episode
1: that was. <laughs> Bill Swersky, yeah. the Superman yeah. skit. This became exactly. such a hit, it took on a life of its own. Um, yeah, you were hosting SNL, you were a part of the original skit, you even trained Chris Farley on how to get his Chicago accent down. I did, right? I
0: did, I did. You know, it was because you know, it was like, you know, Robert Schmeichel who created this, the bit, you know, he wasn't from Chicago, but he knew that I being from Chicago, we thought, oh, this would be funny to do a skit based on those kind of bear fans. <laughs> and so for me, it was like, yeah, this is a no brainer, you know, the bears, you know, this is the <laughs> way I talk anyway. And so, yeah, and, and I remember when we were getting ready to do the skit, I, I think Chris came up to me, you know, and and, and I love Chris. And he was also in Airheads, as you well know. That's right. Yeah. And uh, he came up to me and said, uh, you know, hey, Joe, you know, how, how, how would a Chicago guy, you know, say these lines, you know, like this. And I said, well, Chris, and I me, mean, you know, and I kind of gave him a few tips about, you know, that, you know, these, dems and those, that, you know, tree <laughs> over tree, you know, those tree guys over there would be how you would say those three <laughs> guys over there. And so he took that and ran with it, and of course, in his indemnable Chris Farley Way was, you know, brilliant in in that as he was in everything he did. You know, wonderful, wonderful person.
1: Oh, that's
2: such a memorable skit. Oh, my God.
0: Really was. Yeah. And it was funny as I went to Chicago, you know, sometime afterward. And I remember when when I went to Chicago, all of a sudden I'm seeing billboards around the city that were saying, Ducks, bears, duck ah. cubs, duck bulls, Duck Paul University. <laughs> I mean, everybody was, you know, they, it was like resonating, and they would they would replay the skit on on radio and stuff like that. And I thought, wow, okay, you know, the city certainly have embraced this little skit here, and so that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Which do you enjoy more, comedy or drama? You know, it's it it, it it it's. I love it all. I mean, I just feel blessed. to have had the career I've had, where I've been able to kind of, you know, able to do certainly a cross section of both. I mean, it it all boils down to the quality of the material. You know, I mean, if mm-hmm. you're doing if you're doing a great drama, there's nothing like it. And If you're doing a great comedy, there's certainly nothing like it as well. Uh, and who you're working with. And, I mean, all oh, I, I I feel very blessed because look, I I I what I do for a living is what some people I'm sure when they go to bed at night and say, I wish I could be, da, da, da. you know what I mean? Like I have, I always said that the, the best professions in the world are to be uh, a professional athlete, a rock and roll star, uh, maybe an astronaut or 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 a professional you know working actor but the actor is the best of those four because you can play the other three all the
2: parts <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know
0: what really i mean good. So, also, so i never forget that i never feel forget that because oh, I and i've done that. that i've played i've played i've, I've played athletes I've played rocks, you know, people in rock and roll. I've played, you know, people in law enforcement. I've played guys on the other side. I'm Fat Tony on The Simpsons. I mean, I've run the gamut of of kinds of characters that I've played in my over 50 years of my career. So I feel very, very blessed. And I know that, you know, if 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 you did a survey of all the people on the planet and you said, hey, would you trade places with a guy like that? You know, there'd be a lot of people that say, "Yeah, I would, I would do that," would. and I, yeah. and, I yeah. and I get it, and I and I I'm, I never lose sight of that, <laughs> and that's why it's so important to me to, to be you know, at least try to give back with the fans and, and everybody else in a sense of, look, I, I I don't forget that I'm I'm one of the lucky ones. You know?
1: Well, that's such a, a humble perspective. And you are a very esteemed performer in film and in theater. And many do think of you as a dramatic actor first, but you have contributed to some memorable comedic projects, Three Amigos, Airheads, Baby's Day Out. Does it bother you at all when you get recognized for these roles, like
0: Blair here? <laughs> no. Or, uh, no. Now, usually I try to guess, you know, it, it, it depends by their age and their and, and, what they're about, sometimes what they're going to say. Like if I'm going to, I'll be in like, especially if, I, if I'm going, let's say I'm in New York and I'm in Little Italy, without question, there are going to be people yelling, hey, Joey, Zonda, you know, from <laughs> Father 3, you know, something like that. Or if I'm going to see guys that really look like like they're like they're rockers from, from the you know, whether the 70s, the 80s, whatever, it'll be like, hey, man, Eric, hey, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. So and and then of course there's the the Simpson fans. who are gonna that's all they want to talk oh, about yeah. is gonna be is gonna be Fat Tony. So no none of it bothers me. I mean if if I let that bother me then I'm in the wrong line of work. You know what I mean? Because the, the, the this is what I hope to do. You know I, I enjoy what I do. But to know that other people are, are getting appreciation from it and they've enjoyed it and maybe because I know it's for me. Look I look at old I, when I got my star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame. I purpose they let you put it where you want it if there's an empty space available really because it's not it's not every star is filled up a lot of times there's an empty star next to or between you know ones that are already there so i chose to be next to errol flynn because he was my childhood you know that was my hero as an actor i mean the movie robin hood and 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 captain blood and 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 you know all of all of his films so that to know that my star in the hollywood walk of fame is next to my childhood you know, oh. ha- actor hero. How cool is that? No, it doesn't get any better than that. You know, and so for me, that that's just that's thrilling. So I mean, I like to think if there's some, you know, somebody out there someday that says, you know, gee, I really love Joe Montana's movies or TV shows or theater plays he did, then then like, how, how how wonderful is that? And so no, for me, I'm 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 thrilled when anybody just says, you know. Because usually, when they come on up to me, they usually have a smile on their face and they have a kind word. They, I don't get a lot of, hey, you, I hate you. I hate everything you've no, ever I done. No, <laughs> I've been pretty lucky that way. No, it's been all right. Especially
1: with some of these characters and you know some of these comedic characters. While well, I live all of us, they're cultural icons. You've mentioned Fat Tony on The Simpsons. You've voiced him for over 30 years. We are obnoxiously huge Simpsons fans. <laughs> um, and I heard you came up with that voice for Fat Tony in the efforts to avoid sounding like Joey Zaza. I know, did. Three. Yes,
0: this, <laughs> this is true. Because you know the movie was still playing when I did that. Because the movie opened in uh, December of 1990. And I did that first episode, I think it was in February of 91, when they they called me and said, hey, we've written this character, would you be interested in blah, blah, blah. And of course, I read it and said, yeah, if it looks like fun, I'll do it. But then I realized, okay, I'm playing this mob guy, the head of the mob. And I'm saying, I've got this movie that's still out there where I'm playing exactly that character in, <laughs> you know, in Godfather, Godfather 3, you know, one of the most anticipated movies yes. of that time. So I thought I can't sound just like him. I don't want to be where they're going, oh, that's Joey Zaza as Fat Tony. So what I did is I had my dear uncle Willie, who has been my one of my dearest relatives all my life, because my my dad passed away when I was fairly young. And so my uncle Willie was kind of like the guy I took with me everywhere. He was my running partner up until you know he lived into his 90s. And you know, he was just, he was just, I was just, we were kind of joined at the hip. But he talked like this. This is the kind of voice that he had. And so I thought to myself you know what I'm just going to use Uncle Willie's voice yes. at this one when I, when, for, at the recording session and unless they tell me to stop I'm just going to keep doing it and so I did nobody said stop and so we finished the episode. And to tell you the truth, I just thought it was a one-shot deal. I thought, okay, they hired me to play this character in this episode. I got away with it. I played Uncle Willie. Uh, he'll, he'll get a kick out of it. <laughs> and, of course, you know, a few weeks later I get a call, hey, you know, we like that character. You want to do another one? Uh, jump cut to today. I've been doing it for over 30 years, as you said, and I'm still doing it. So, and it's um, the
1: longest-running so, television show in the history of television.
0: Exactly right. So, I mean, sometimes things work out, you know. What a good character. And then Criminal Minds is right up there, too. So I feel very blessed. I feel like maybe I'm good luck around these kinds yeah. of shows. You know? Who knows?
1: Good luck charm. That's right. Syndication star. <laughs> we have an exciting product to discuss with ties to Arizona, no. no less, an artisanal small batch tequila brand that also supports a very important cause. Joe, please tell us about Senor Rio Tequila and the We Care Foundation. Well,
0: yeah, Senor Rio. I mean, th- 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 this wonderful woman, Debbie Medina Gatch who had started this company with her then the husband uh, God, over 14, 15 years ago. And, and she lives out, you know, she's out there in Arizona. She's out in the Mesa area there. And uh, it, it, it's such a wonderful story. If you go to the website, you go to senorrio.com, you kind of get a, a snapshot of kind of the whole thing. But here's this woman who, who had this Mexican father, who was not present at all in her life growing up. You know, he kind of took off. And so he contacts her from Mexico You know, she had an American mother. He contacts her when she's an adult and says, hey, I'm your father. I'd love to see you. Please come to Mexico. And her attitude is, is, where were you all my life? I don't think so, you know. But her boyfriend at the time basically tells her, look, you know what? This is your father. There may be some story here that you should at least know about. You never know. Let's go. I'll go with you. We'll go. They go down to Mexico. They go to Jalisco, you know, the area where he lived. And, and now of course they get together, they start telling the story, and as they're doing it, he's 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 giving the, her and the boyfriends this tequila that he's been he's pouring out of like an old whiskey bottle. And they're they're <laughs> drinking and going, This stuff is terrific. And and then the next morning when they, they they spent the night they're drinking all night, they're not sick, they're not, they're not really hungover. And they basically say, she says to her, her father now, what is this stuff? And he goes, Well, this has been in my family for three generations. And now, because here we've, we've met again, we've, we've made contact. I'd like to, if, if this interests you, to do something with this, with this, you know, recipe or how we do this, how we make this, and this family recipe. It's yours. So then, her and her husband, or well, then her boyfriend, they begin to get married. They start the company, Senorio, This becomes a business. They have a, they have children. She has a daughter who has these the, the, uh, these young young girls that grant two grandchildren for her. Her grandchildren are special needs. You know, I think they have cerebral palsy. So there's that. Then her, then Debbie's boyfriend, who then became her husband, passes away. So now here's this woman who has started this company based on you know her father. Her father passed away as well. Uh, she's named it after him, Senor Rio, because his name was Rodrigo. Rodrigo, and that's his symbol, his his caricature on the on the stopper. Mm-hmm. So now here she is. With this company, and she's been donating, you know, part of your know, proceeds to, to, to her charity that you you mentioned, you know, that goes to special needs children uh, because of her grandchildren. But here she is, owns this company 100% and feels like, you know what, my, my father's gone, my husband's gone. I've got my, my grandchildren who are like, you know, this is, you know, somebody I, uh, that needs special attention, my daughter, my my family. She's looking for somebody to kind of help, you know, help her out, somebody to go into business with. So we get a, a mutual friend of ours named Jack Maxwell, who used to have a show called The Booze Traveler. I don't know if you were, were aware traveler. of it. Booze Traveler, so that? Yeah, it was a wonderful show. I think it was on, on the on the Travel Channel. I think whatever show channel it was on. But he would travel the world, visiting places. You know, like here I am in Portugal, where they make port, and da 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 da. <laughs> or here I am in you know wherever Germany, and we're going to go to the schnapps factory. Well, he he got to know Debbie from that doing that show, and she they ran into each other, and she basically told him her story. Like, boy, do you know of any perhaps somebody in the you know show business that might be a good fit for me? Now, I, I have a daughter with autism. You know, she's thirty six years old now, uh, so I'm very been a very active in the special needs you know community myself. Yeah. So Jack, God bless him, said, you know what? I think Joe Montaigne might be a good fit for you and she, she thought wow oh, wow that sounds sounds great she contacted me we got together i flew out to mesa i met with her and i mean she had, she had me about almost when she said hello because she's this that kind of dynamic wow. wonderful person who had this, the wherewithal spunk and everything to take this you know take take the complexities of her life and t- and start a business and go forward with it and try to even do good with it so that's really how it started and, and it's been an incredible kind of journey with her ever since, which has been a short time. It's a little over six months now. But I've already been doing some traveling. I've been doing Nevada, you know, doing some of the stores there. I'm going to start doing some of the stores here in California. And as you know, I'm coming to Arizona in October and can't wait to, to, to uh, spend some time with you guys out there. Yeah. Looking and, forward uh, to it. And and it's, and it's the strike is almost serendipitous. It's almost like been helpful because I don't have to worry about my day job right now. I mean, right now I'm... I, I I just want to spread the word about this wonderful small batch tequila. That's there's no additives, there's no there's no flavorings, and then plus on, on top of the the three you know the blanco and the reposado and the añejo you know versions of the tequila, she makes this thing called café elegancia, which is like this coffee liqueur. And to me, it it, it it makes Kahlua taste like a Pepsi. I mean, it's <laughs> like this stuff is. Every time anybody tastes the tequila, then I'll say, "Take a little, take a little drop of this Cafe Elegancia, just as a kind of an aperitif afterwards." And everybody'll say, "Oh yeah, give me a bottle of that too." Yeah, and, I'll yes.
2: take that also.
0: <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, I'm very happy and 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 proud to be connected with Debbie and with this company, and hopefully we're going to do some good with it as well. Because like I said, we donate a dollar for every bottle we sell to you know her, her charity, which uh, encompasses. Know special needs children, uh, but I certainly know in Arizona and and beyond. And
1: I'm sure she would say the exact same nice things about you. And I don't think you could have partnered with a better brand. Um, We have the Blanco here as well, and it is very nice. We're not even big on tequila, but this is so smooth. And uh, the aesthetics of the bottle are fantastic. It's a beautiful bottle.
2: Yeah, sharp. Right.
0: And and then we make these, uh, we make a double barrel and then a special and both of those if you go online and look at those the bottles just the bottles they are are like works of art they're spectacular i mean debbie has such beautiful taste and goes to goes to every extreme to make sure everything is done right like i said I, i you know i've been i've been around too long i'm you know i'm not the youngest guy in the building it's i just don't want to attach my name or or anything to something that i can't be proud of and say you know what this is this is something that i really think is terrific it's the best i can could do in this situation in terms of a, of this kind of a product. Otherwise, you know, why do it? I've, I've turned down, you know, things just for that reason, because they'll say, hey, would you endorse this product and be part of it? Will you make you part, a, part of even the company? But if I don't like the product, I can't do it. I mean, it's, it's, you can't be a hypocrite. You can't say... You know, yeah, sure. I'll I'll try to convince somebody else to do it, but I don't like it. I I couldn't do that. So in this case, it's it's very easy for me to embrace it. And my wife, who's been, you know, we've been together for over fifty years. Since she embraced it and embraced Debbie to, to where she loves Debbie as much as I do. I knew it was a good fit and I knew that this was uh, uh, the right thing to do. I you could tell you that.
1: did your due diligence. Absolutely.
0: Oh, you have to. Hey, if you've been with, with the same woman for over 50 years, you better do your due diligence.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. and, and you, you mentioned no additives or anything like that in the tequila. Um it, you know there's something in the recipe that keeps you from getting such intense hangovers i hear is it what's in the recipe well, or or what's not it, in the recipe it, it,
0: it's a comb- it's a combination of it i think a lot of it is what's not in it because like i say many tequilas you know people will, will, and there's, there's a you know it's it's no joke or not it's no surprise that there's a whole array of different tequilas out there but many of them that people can drink and say oh this is really sweet and this is kind of like oh this is nothing this is but Part of that reason is because they've added additives to it. They've added w- different kinds of sweeteners to kind of take away the harshness that's inherent in that particular tequila. But that's also the thing that's gonna, the next morning is why you're going to wake up going, you <laughs> you're sick and you're this that because it's that mixture of you know of 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 the, of the sweetness, the sugar products. With the, with the agave, which the agave in itself is almost, there's something mystical about it. I mean, I've always felt that. I mean, I'm not a, a heavy drinker by any means, but I've always felt that if I'm gonna drink, what I like about tequila is there's something pure about that essence where it comes from the agave plant, as opposed to things like, you know, whether it's your whiskeys or bourbons or, you know, even whatever your, your, your drink of choice may be, there's gonna be sometimes be some complications, especially when you get into mixed drinks. But boy, if, if you got something that has that that kind of almost myth, mystical quality about it, in the same way that, like, I, you know, like the, I, I start to think back when the original kind of maybe the Aztecs or whoever it may have done may have experimented with things like this, and there was something that yeah. was mystical about this kind of thing. And, and there's so there's some truth to that. So I mean, I really do think it's it's and it's partly the way it's done, the way it's it's made, the way the you know the, the recipe, but but but. The purity of it and the fact that, you know, you, 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 we don't try to adulterate it in any way, uh, it let it speak for itself. And I think the, the awards it's been it has achieved over the years and how well it's doing, I think, is a testament to that. And a testament to Debbie. And I'm, like Aww. I say, I'm, I'm proud to yeah. help her represent it.
1: Well, in your opinion, which bottle of the uh, Senior Rio family pairs best with a cigar?
0: Well, yeah, yeah, that's a good question. You know what I mean? Again, that's probably a matter of good taste. A matter of taste. I I, 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 lean a little toward the reposado yes. myself. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, but uh, you know, the, the blancos—that's that, the pure essence of it. That's the tequila that's just the straight distilled tequila from the plant. The reposado, we we age that in cognac casks. You know, which gives it that little undertaste of what you would get from the from the cognac casking yeah. aged for you know like six months on cognac cask. Then you go to the añejo, do, do the same thing, and but that's been aged for like a year. You know, then if you get into the double barrel, then you, we've been aging it in bourbon cask as well as cognac cask. So each one of them offers a different kind of notes, you know, t- taste notes that you pick up on. Oh, but I, my, my feeling is I, I, I'm not one of those guys that go, oh, yes, let's let's talk at length about all the different aspects of it. it, it either you <laughs> like it or you don't like it. You know what I mean? <laughs> and my feeling is, like like you said, you, you sip it, you go, you know what? This is good. This is smooth. I like this. And that's all. If you like it, you go with it. <laughs> I feel that way about cigars. I feel that way about uh, tequila.
1: Yeah. Cigar wise, is your favorite still the Arturo Fuente Hemingway? Without question. I mean,
0: I, I am, you know, I I, 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 I am a such a close uh, friend of that family, Carlito Fuente. In fact, uh we have a sold out cigar dinner coming up just this coming weekend here wow. in, in California that I'm that I'm hosting with the Fuentes. We have Carlitos coming in, Arturo Sandoval is going to be coming in playing trumpet oh. at the thing. We got Andy wow. Garcia's 13-piece uh, band is going to be playing. So I mean, yeah, and, and it all wow. and it wasn't and again, I I got to know the Fuente family only because When I was shooting the movie Baby's Day Out with those other two guys, (laughs) Joy Pantoliano and uh, Brian Haley, the three of us, the three knuckleheads that were the leads. (laughs) On Saturdays, we shot the movie in Chicago because it was John uh, John Hughes' picture. So on Saturdays, we would go to this cigar store in Chicago. We'd all sit around and smoke cigars. So Cigar Aficionado, the magazine, found out about it. And they wrote us and said, we'd love to do an article about you three guys and the fact that you go and smoke cigars on Saturdays while you're on a movie set. Ah. So we did. We did the article. And, of course, whenever they ask celebrities, what's your favorite cigar? Guys like to, I swear it is whether men, women, it doesn't matter. They, they love to be able to say, oh, yes, I love this. Such and such Cuban. You know, But they want to be able to say they've got this Cuban cigar that's forbidden and nobody else can get it. <laughs> and and they, But I spoke the truth. I said, you know what? My favorite cigar is, is a Fuente Hemingway. Classic, Hemingway Classic. That's my favorite cigar. And I did that, and that's all. I said it, I spoke the truth, and then that was that. I never, never thought anything more about it. About a year later, I'm back in Chicago for another reason, and I'm in a cigar store, and when I'm in there, the woman who owns it, it's called the Up Down Staircase Cigar Store in an old town in Chicago. And she says to me, she goes, oh, Joe Mantegna. She goes, you know what? The Fuentes are in town. They're right next door grabbing a sandwich. They were just going to stop here. I bet they would like to say hello to you. What? And I says, oh, that'd be great. So she she, 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 she calls the restaurant next door and says, would you tell the, the gentleman there that Joe Mantegna is in the cigar store? Well, they'll tell you the story. They came into the store. And I just thought, oh, this will be fun. I get to meet these guys that, you know, make the cigar that I like. Sure. They came in. Carlito Fuente looked at me, and he went, "Jama." and he grabbed me and he hugged me like i was his long-lost cousin he hasn't seen in a 100 years and said joe we read what you wrote in cigar aficionado you son of a god you said we make your favorite cigar you're not like all those hollywood guys that say they like all oh, that's cuban and they are cuban i mean they're they're they're, they're, they're 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 as as you know that's their nationality they're cuban but they had to leave you know during the revolution and had to go to the Dominican Republic. So, I mean, their heart is in Cuba, but yet here they were so proud of the fact that somebody was embracing their cigars and not touting the ones that are still, you know, that are being, you know, uh, that the Cuban government is controlling in Cuba. So from that moment on, I was been joined to the hip with that family. And it's just been such a beautiful relationship because they're such wonderful, wonderful family. They have their own foundation. And that's why this cigar dinner, which I'm uh, I'm hosting, it's going to benefit the the Carlitos you know f- uh, foundation that he has for children in the Dominican Republic, and then I have a, the Montaigne Family Foundation that uh, I've started for special needs you know uh, individuals here in, in uh, California and, and beyond. So. I just anyway, love
1: that story. That's a great story. Yeah, and you have a filmography a mile long, and I can't believe it was Baby's Day Out that has your time. <laughs> yeah, to the, to that was Wednesday the one. <laughs> that's what did it. That's exactly right. That's what did
0: it.
1: Well, a lot of people don't know you were a musician before you were an actor, a bass player, right?
0: Yeah, I was a. Yeah, I was in rock and roll. I was in, you know, for about five years. I was in a band called the Apocryphals. And uh, we were we were kind of we were were pretty well known in the Midwest at the time. I'm talking the mid '60s, from like '64 till like '69, and and we used to tour with a group on occasion called the Missing Links. Who then became they, they changed names a few times and then became the band chicago yeah and so to wow. this day i mean i'm still very very close to that band i just went and saw them when they were here at the greek theater just a, about a couple months ago uh i presented them with their lifetime grammy award they had me do wow. that uh just because they knew That's of so my cool. connection with them i've known them well over 50 years i mean we're talking more like 60 years we were all like Teenagers back then, they were they're a little bit older than I am, but they were they were young men, just out of most of them came out of uh, Columbia College and, and DePaul and, and University you know schools in Chicago area, and and uh, and our band we would play with them and and uh, I got to know them very well. But then I got cast in the play Hair in 1969. I, you know, because I, I was trying to juggle the thing. I was I was making money as a musician, but I knew I wanted to kind of really wanted to be an actor, so I was going to acting school. But then they they, they had auditions for the play Hair in 1969 in Chicago. Something like three four thousand people tried out for it. Uh-huh. I was lucky enough to get cast, and then I had to make that decision because now I'm going to be doing eight shows a week. You know, Broadway musical. Uh, I can't do the band as well, so that's when I knew. I had to make a choice but that's when the that's when Chicago's first album came out and when that album came out I said to myself we can't do that <laughs> you know my band we were a, we were a good cover band and we we did well and we were very popular but there was no way we 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 had the the whatever it took to to do that and so I think that was the writing on the wall for me I said you know what I'm going to step away from rock and roll and and give this a try, <laughs> and uh, and for a long time, I been I, I, I was saying to myself, I think I made a mistake, because I was making more money in rock and roll than I did the first four or five years as an actor. But things finally worked themselves out. You made the great, right decision. Yeah, but uh, but I still have a fondness for, you know, and, and another band that, that grew up around us was a group called the uh, Ides of March. You may be well aware of remember the song, Vehicle. I'm a friendly stranger in a black sedan. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, well, that, that was a group that out of uh, Morton West High School in Berwyn, and our, camp, our band was out of Morton East High School in Cicero, uh, right outside Chicago. And so, uh, so that that was another band that actually did go on to to a, a good degree of success. And we used to let them kind of like hang out with us because they were a little younger, and we let them play tambourine and, and if <laughs> we were making a record and stuff like that. So, so it all worked out. It all worked out. But but I I, I love those years. Those rock and roll years um, were. You know, just a lot of fun and, and certainly a big part of my life at the time.
1: Well, I am glad to hear you say that. We like to play a game on every episode and include our guest as well. Our Crunchtastic okay. R&D department came up with something fitting for you. Some of the All most right. well-known bands have come out of Chicago. And if you'll indulge All us, right. I'd like to throw out a few clues and see if you can guess okay. the band. Okay. All right. We won't use the band Chicago because that would be too easy, right. the connection. Yeah. But we'll start nice and friendly. Okay. This Chicago band was first known as the Salty Peppers. They had their beginnings in 1969 with songs that weren't a commercial success, but has since earned seven Grammys as well as four American Music Awards. Wow. Wow! In addition to setting disco floors on fire, they are renowned for their versatility and ability to weave different genres into their songs. Yeah, I think I got it. Earth, Wind and Fire. Earth, Wind and Fire is correct. Ah! One go. for one, sure. he's on the board. I out. was thinking the Bee Gees, I was way off. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bee
0: Gees came from a place a little west of Chicago, like <laughs> Australia. A
1: little, bit west. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. a little west of Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> way out west. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, you, uh, once you have the, sure, you it. Sure, it went in fire. In fact, they,
0: you know, they, used to, they toured with Chicago a couple of times, and I've seen them actually play with Chicago. And then we had a Chicago-themed restaurant, my wife and I, here in Burbank, California, for 16 years, called Taste Chicago, oh. and I remember when Chicago and Earth, Wind, and Fire both played together out here. I think it was at the Greek Theater. They, they we had the, we catered for them at the rehearsal. Wow! And wow. it was so great because we 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 brought all the Chicago food, the deep dish pizza and the Italian beef and the Chicago hot dogs, and and so to have the two bands all enjoying the Chicago-themed food. And it was just, it was was beautiful. It was That's an event. Wow. That's a great group, though. Earth, Wind, and Fire, absolutely. They're great
1: live, too. I've seen them with uh, Tower of Power. I've seen them a couple times. Yeah, they're fun to watch live. Fantastic. Okay. This Chicago rock band was officially founded in 1972, but began when the Pinazzo twin brothers played music with a neighbor 11 years prior. The band's breakthrough came in 1977, following the release of their album The Grand Illusion. It rose to number six in the US and Canada, and it contained their number one hit song. They boast an impressive oh. collection of 17 studio albums aside from their live and compilation albums. Any guesses? Sticks? Sticks is correct. Wow. Sure. Wow. Okay. We My didn't even God. Yeah, The
0: clues get easier as we go along, yeah. but like, wow, you got no. that three in. That's. Yeah, here. no. I wound up, I, you know, their lead singer. We did a we did a benefit f- for the Chicago Police Department some years ago at McCormick Place, and uh, and I got to meet him. And and that's a wonderful band. Uh, but like I say, they're they were a bit they were a bit younger than than the crowd I ran around with at the time. And I was well out of music business by the time those guys were at their peak. But uh, but I uh, had such huge respect for them, and they made some yeah wonderful musicians and, and a great band.
1: Showing his work here. Yeah, you're <laughs> killing it, Jeff. All right, a couple more. Purveyors of power pop, or what's been called bubblegum bazooka rock, this Chi-Town band has released 20 studio albums and 65 singles. Their 1978 live album is considered one of the greatest live rock recordings of all time. In 2016, they were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Their album, Dream Police, in 1979 is their greatest selling and highest charting album, soaring to number six on the U.S. Billboard 200. Dream Police. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, they invented the classic album concert, where they would play entire albums, every song, in order.
0: Yeah oh
1: wow they produced that, such popular tunes as I want you to want me the flame that ain't a shame and surrender
0: yeah no it's not it's not REO it's not but in the same yeah realm no. you know it's funny I, 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 I'm, thinking, I, I'm thinking I'm thinking trying to think of the name of the band and, I, and, and and I'm thinking I may not even have known that they were from Chicago. Because, like I said, it might have been from a little era that I was in. There's a lot of bands attention. from
1: Chicago. This one yeah, a
0: lot of, was Cheap Trick.
2: I was not oh, guess yeah. oh, there I you say, go. I I have a guy. Yeah.
1: yeah. Blair That's and Frank right. don't you know, know I, these.
0: So, if you have a life, you know, here. I would, you know what? I didn't realize that they were out of, out of Chicago. But now, but then I think I've, I might have heard that, that now that you mentioned it, I'm thinking, yeah, I think maybe somebody wanted to mention Maybe I thought maybe the one of the guys was, but the whole band was out of Chicago. Is that true? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, I think so. I wow so. that's
0: great okay well, well good for them that's good good for them.
2: awesome i right. want you to yeah. want me it was that was it, the one that got you Mattel. yeah
1: okay yeah all right well we got a couple here let's do let's do two more all right this three-piece fictional band was in la but has close ties to chicago <laughs> the band had a moment of glory in the 90s with legendary chaz darvey on guitar their, big, oh, yeah. <laughs> their biggest hit was Degenerated from 1994, made famous from their Live in Prison album.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The lone ranger. Yeah! <laughs> There's three of you. You're not exactly lone. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. I know I had the line. I, I get that line gets quoted to me a lot. You have <laughs> to get that line it's all such the time. A good line think, oh, that's one of the lines I get. To, yeah, people come up to me and saying, "Hey man, you know, they're not exactly lone." You know, I go, yeah, that's right. Yeah, okay. You got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: You, you saw the film good for you. Uh, <laughs> (laughs) okay i'm glad it had to be done i'm glad you caught that you can resist Sure, we have a couple options here i'm not sure which to end on let's do okay another big name in the music industry that hailed from chicago is this band who's had great success producing pop rock ballads since the 1980s two of the most successful movie franchises of the 80s used them for theme music and a crunchy soundtrack one of these theme songs became a number one single for six weeks on the Billboard Hot 100 and won a Grammy Award.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That song was Eye of the Tiger, and they followed it with oh, oh, Burning Heart, yeah. which slapped just as hard.
0: <laughs> yeah. oh. Okay, so, uh, Jim Pitorek, who wrote the song, used to be in the Ides of March and then went to Survivor.
1: Survivor is correct! Yeah. Wait, did, did Joe just get a perfect game?
0: I don't know. I didn't get cheap trick. Wow. But uh, but it got close. That worked. But, out yeah. For well when I mentioned that band, I told you that those guys from Morton West High School that used to come and we let them play their tam- tambourine and they started the band The Ides of March. Uh, that their lead guitar player and lead singer, uh, Jim Pedarek, who I'm still very, very close to, you know, he 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 went on and went on with Survivor and I think he basically I don't know if he wrote the entire song, but, but, uh, I had a tiger, right? I know his he has writing credit on that song. So, so yeah, I, I knew about that one.
1: God, he just didn't yeah. know the answers. He's like, I I know these people. I've hung out with a close friend of mine. I could call I him you. right now. I raise you. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. well, you know, and I win. you know, he owes me a hundred bucks. <laughs> I owe him two hundred bucks. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> Thank you for doing that. Joe. That that was fun.
0: No, it was fun for me.
1: That's great. I, I we really appreciate that. Well, you can stay up to date on everything Joe is up to and the causes he supports at JoeMontania.com, and don't forget to check out Senor Rio Tequila. You can find out more information about the different kinds at SenorRio.com. There's even sipping music you can play while you're there. You can find Senor Rio sold in stores like Bevmo and Total Wine. And speaking of Total Wine, Joe will be in town visiting eight different Valley locations between October 13th through the 15th. That's Friday, October 13th, through Sunday, October 15th, at Phoenix Total Wine
0: locations. Thank you so yeah, much. Thank you for doing it. Hey, that, no, sure. I had a good time. It's fun. We, you know, sometimes these interviews are like, you know, okay, another pull one. Of these a teeth, this, <laughs> this was fun, man. No, I had a good time. This is great. That's I love to hear that. You know, yeah, if you get a chance, please stop in one of those stores. You know, you've got the dates. I'm sure. The we did. The oh, we and times, absolutely no. want. You're to. coming to one right in the
1: neighborhood. You'll be there at noon on the 14th. We plan to be there. Come by and meet you and take a picture.
0: Please do that. We'll take photos and that'll be great. I'd love to do that. That'd be right. awesome. Yeah, looking forward to it. We'll I'll leave you with this because the reason. I mentioned how, how cool that is. When I did the movie Airheads, they wanted stuff to dress the set with, you know, just so it looked like I was a legit disc jockey. So I had to do these photo shoots prior to making the movie. And so I went on a photo shoot where I took photos with with Kiss. I went and did a photo uh-huh. shoot with Ozzy Osbourne. Uh and so, I mean, I, I, for me, that was memorable, but to be able to just show up, at, 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 at you know, at a place and, and all of a sudden Ozzy walks out and goes, so hey, are how you doing? And I'm dressed like my character, you know, we take the picture. And that's going to go and that's on the set. And then I go meet the guys and kiss and we, they're in their their drag and we take a picture. And, you know, so that was fun. So those anyway, aren't manufactured,
1: look, edited pictures. No, you, actually you actually took, took those, those pictures. pictures.
0: Well, you no, know, back then, I don't think they knew how to edit pictures. <laughs> like <that back> then. <laughs> no. Oh, I you love know. that. So, yeah, no, those are the real deal. That, that was that was really t- me with those guys. Oh, so I love that. that.
1: Oh, well, we yeah. sincerely anyway. appreciate your time. We look forward to meeting you. No, my Hawaii pleasure. The Phoenix. My pleasure.
0: Yes, we'd like another bottle for the studio I was going to say, here. we're going
2: to need a bottle absolutely. of the studio It's absolutely go. delicious. Well,
0: well, great. Well, I look forward to meeting you all in in, the, in Arizona. Okay? Likewise. Thank thanks thanks again, so much, Joe. Have a great Joe. weekend. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks.
1: What a guy. What a sweetheart. Okay,
2: he was amazing.
1: I'm afraid I must insist. <laughs> Where's the money? When will you have the money? Why aren't you getting the money now? That voice just
2: <laughs> so good. Like
1: there's people that just know him for his stage work and theater productions. Like he was talking about hair, and others know him best as David Rossi in Criminal Minds. He's done near 300 episodes of that show. My God, Blair was like baby's day. <laughs>
2: three words for you <laughs> biscuit
1: was like fucking airheads i'm like fat tony it'll be a cold day in hell when you tell harry flugelman what to do he was in one scene of three amigos and it was one of the best scenes Just love in
2: the movie. snl skit like everything yeah he does is Blair? incredible i mean come on he's got Damn. the golden
1: touch he, he does. really does do you remember searching for Bobby Fisher, where his son is a chess prodigy? Yes, That's prodigy. I love that. That was uh, Queen's Gambit in the '90s.
2: Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it
1: was. It's uh-huh. good. Money pit. Money pit. I'm excited to meet him. Get some señor rio from señor Montaigne. Tequila
2: really is like <laughs> señor
1: Bevmo. Yes, right. Where's the bottle? When are you going to try the bottle? <laughs> Why aren't you drinking the bottle now?
2: And he's like friends with the Fuente family. Like, does yeah. it get any cooler than Joe Montana at this point?
1: Like, whoa.
2: Rockstar friends with awesome. everyone from Tried Chicago. Tried to play a game
1: with bands from Chicago. And he's like, like, get like, out yeah. of here. Seeing him tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Owe <Owing> him $200. <laughs> he
0: owes
1: me $100. <laughs> so good. That's fun. <sighs> New dream car giveaway over at 8080. In addition to the 15% off you get for using code CRUNCHY, every dollar you spend gets you entered in for a chance to win a brand new Lamborghini, plus $60,000 in cash you do not want to miss out. Nor do you want to forget to check out centercrunchy.com, where you'll find every episode of links to social media and the almighty Crunch store where you'll find all kinds of Crunchy gear showing that you are a proud citizen of Crunch Nation. Join us every Friday night at 10 o'clock on 97.3 The Rattler or find us wherever you get your podcast. This has been another episode of Something Crunchy, and as
2: always... Don't ever forget to live your crunchiest life.
1: Be crunchy to one another. Please don't forget to subscribe, like, follow, and all that crunchy good shit. All episodes can be found at somethingcrunchy.com and on all podcast platforms.
0: Thank you for listening. I'm afraid I must insist. You see, my wife, she has been most vocal on the subject of the pretzel monies. Where's the money? When are you going to get the money? Why aren't you getting the money now? And so on. So please, the money. You heard her. She said no. Legs, Louie, advance on them.